0: So hi guys and welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Trans Vibe podcast with myself Paige Veehan and the wonderful Jake Corder. So today we have a fabulous guest on today. We have Drew. So if you want to explain a little bit about Drew. Jake. So
1: uh, Drew, you have been a massive inspiration to me since you did um, the documentary My Transsexual Summer back in 2011. Had a massive, massive impact on me. Um, I hadn't come out at that point, you know, it, it sparked, it sparked something in my brain anyway that I, I could have potentially been trans. So if you want to maybe just introduce yourself.
2: Hi guys, my name Drew Ashleen. I am a makeup artist and have been for the past 10 years now. And obviously I did a little documentary 10 years ago called My Transsexual Summer, which was on Channel 4. And that basically explored the lives of seven transgender men and women going through the journey in different stages so for me I'd only been transitioned for about four years at that point and you know there was other people that had been transitioned longer and people just starting out so it was an amazing experience and it definitely changed my life so I'm sure we'll talk about my journey. (laughs) <laughs> oh, definitely, absolutely. Was was it was it strange to be put in a
1: house with so many different trans people at the time, and especially if you didn't know anybody that was trans beforehand? Like, what would what was that experience like?
2: It was quite like nerve wracking because I'd not like I wasn't very independent at that point. I was twenty two, but. From like when I left high school to coming out, like I was quite like sheltered. Like my whole life was just in a bedroom, being really depressed and sad, <laughs> listening to David Rice. <laughs> <But> when... <laughs> I know, like crazy. But when when I came out and started my transition, like my whole life from like that point was so quick because I just felt like I didn't know who I was either. So going into a house, it was. An amazing experience because it gave me a little bit more independence. I didn't feel like I was wrapped up in cotton wool. And I'd already met. So, I, so. I've never met a trans person but I did meet one and that was someone who was a little bit older but the experience that I had with them wasn't very nice (laughs) so so basically it was someone that um is local to to where I am and she was trying to give me advice and things but it just wasn't a very nice experience because she was kind of telling me that you know I needed to look a certain way to be seen as feminine and not wear jeans and and t-shirts and things like that so it was quite negative so I kind of distanced myself away from that and then when actually I went into the house like I was just so overwhelmed like I'd already done a bit of research prior because I was really intrigued as to who was going in because I was the only one that like knew that there was me and another person definitely in the show prior to actually going in so when they was auditioning everybody I kept going on like the little Facebook group and was going through everyone's profile <laughs> to see <laughs> that, that's like, me I as can. well 100 <laughs> percent yeah, and I saw I saw Lewis, and I went on Lewis's profile, and he had put that he was like packing and getting ready to go away. So I instantly knew that he was going there. It was amazing. It was it was definitely an amazing experience.
0: But Drew, what were your what what, what were your expectations going into the house? Because, like to me, something like that would have been amazing at the time. Because when I transitioned, it wasn't. I feel like as 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 opposed to ten years ago, there wouldn't be there wouldn't have been as much. Kind of acceptance as there is now. So, what were your expectations going into that kind of
2: experience and having it documented? So, I I never actually initially wanted to be a part of the show. So, how it all came about was that I started like YouTube a couple of years prior to it, and basically, I just wanted to document my life because I wanted to be able to look back on it and see how far I'd come in my journey. Because you always like forget, you know, how far and how much you change. So, I wanted that documenting. As evidence you know to see how I'd, I progressed and so when I was approached to do the show I had initially thought that I wasn't going to be a part of it I was just helping them get it going so the woman that um, basically contacted me was Elaine Stoneham and she, I think she's changed her name now because she's married. <laughs> but that's who I knew back then. And she basically like messaged me, said that she wanted to do this documentary and she needed to talk to people so that she could get it up and running. So when I was talking to her, I was just giving her my experiences so that the people at Channel 4 that was watching the trailer just got an idea as to like the concept of what she was trying to make. So that wasn't me committing to it. And then when, you know, I kept getting told, you know, that they really liked me and that they really wanted me on the show, you know, I was really kind of bumming and ahhing about it because at the time I was in a relationship and he was very adamant that I wasn't going to do it because he didn't want me to get any negativity. He was really worried about, you know, how his family would react because he told them little white lies about me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So like for me... It was, I I guess, the reason why I really wanted to do it because I wanted to kind of do something for myself, but also I'd made... They promised me that if I did the show that they would really help me get a a full-time job. And, you know, they... They followed through with that. You know, they got me the job in the coffee shop when I did the show. So, yeah, that was kind of my expectation of going in. But I never expected the outcome of the impact it would have on other people. For me, I was just doing this little documentary that was probably going to be really late at night and no one was going to watch it. And, yeah, you know, it kind of was a completely different experience but
0: the in, like and the impact it had especially even now it's like there's not a lot of shows of its kind and I remember when I had seen it it, it made a huge impact but not as much as it made an impact on Jake I, I had watched yeah. um the Louis Theroux documentary my um about transgender children and that was kind of the pinnacle for me but since that the only documentaries that I really know about transitioning and from a personal standpoint would be my transsexual summer I mean that that was the first show that I had
1: seen with so many sort of Different people, but going through the similar situations and similar transitions, and then watching watching you all now then as well on social media. So you you've grown so much from that, but the time not really understanding. You know, because I was going through my own sort of gender identity and things like that. You know, going through the crisis, yeah. <laughs> not really understand who you are. And then you you see so many people in a room together that are all going through something similar. It's amazing to see, and even now actually. Yeah. I, I haven't really seen any documentaries that are like that at all still. Yeah. People being plonked in a
0: house, you know, all together going through a transition. I think it's I think it's amazing. I th- it's also an eye opener, I think, in a sense of you're seeing a group of people on a television screen that are going through the most Similar things It's scary to what you are And for the first time There's a sense of comfort there Because for a long time Especially at the beginning Of your transition You don't know Like a lot of people That are transitioning Wouldn't know any other Transgender people And you don't have Like a central meeting point You've nowhere to come from You've no For me personally Starting my transition Was quite difficult Because I hadn't got Any people around me At the beginning That I could bounce off You know So it's Mm -hmm. It was very nice To see that kind of thing Especially on the television Like,
2: Yeah and all of your Relationships all together It just seemed like You all connected Mm -hmm. Like we was a different Different spice for everybody's taste. Like yeah. I always describe us as a spice girls. Like everyone was so different. <laughs> you know, you had like me who was like the ditzy blonde, who just was, you know, worried about how long they had to do their hair and makeup yeah <laughs> that, like lewis who was so un- unorganized you know i mean he's still like that now and then donna was like really fiery you know outgoing woman and um, I-, I think the reason why it had such an impact was because when i grew up there wasn't really m- much in the media that covered transgender people i mean i remember the first transgender woman that i'd seen on tv was dana international and you know there was like I remember, like, everyone was talking about her because, you know, all the men liked her and all the women was a bit jealous. And, you know, that was kind of the first person that I had seen. But I was so young that I didn't really, it didn't really click in my head that she was trans. Like, it took me a long time to figure out who I was. And the documentaries that I grew up with was things like, you know, Sex Change, which really focused heavily on surgery. And I think that's why... transsexual summer was so different because yeah there was a small portion in that which did cover surgery but it was mainly about us as people and individuals and i think that was so rare because you know we always joked and be like it's not just hormones and surgery you know there are other issues and i think when you know we went into the house the producers had this idea of it being like big brother but then when they actually got to know us and they got to see the struggles that we was going through on a daily basis of just being able to walk down the street or, you know, just going for a job interview, they really started to kind of change the concept of the show and really help navigate us into, you know, our happy endings. And so, yeah, I think it, it definitely had an impact. And for me, you know, again, people in the media, you know, it was mainly like if you typed in, you know, transgender or transsexual on Google, you know, things came up that you shouldn't really see. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But as a a young, you know, trans woman, I was, you know, under the impression that that's how I should have been, you know, and so that's why I kind of was very over the top with my image, because I felt like that was what women should look like and what men who liked trans women you know should look like with the platinum hair and the the cakes on makeup and the tiny dresses and stuff and so now it's really nice to see that you know we have so many more transgender icons in the world you know that aren't necessarily in the sex industry or anything like that and not that there's anything wrong with that because I've got a lot of friends that are in that you know entertainment business but it's just nice to see like trans people just being seen as people and so yeah I'm, I'm glad that it had some sort of
0: impact it, on had, me, a, it had a huge impact <laughs> yeah, and massive. I'm like I'm even trying to think now like without my transsexual summer what it would be like now because there still is there still is that stigma attached to it when people think about transgender people they they constantly just think about surgery and they think about like sex and stuff like that or like people being fetishized and stuff like that where even now it's 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 bad but it's not as bad maybe as it could have been if my transsexual summer wasn't out because there is a lot more to us as trans people like we are like we we have personalities we are people you know but for yourself now personal experience with dating especially after
2: my transsexual summer came out how did you find that? So I was already in a relationship during my transsexual summer so kind of I never really had a problem like the minute I came out as trans which I was 19 years old well 18-19 Uh, No, I was 18 because, yeah, (laughs) I was was, was 18, but I felt like I was 19 when I like, you know, was really in my element. So like dating wasn't really difficult. I I guess the only difficult thing was the fact that, you know, I couldn't really go to a club and expect someone to come up to me because generally if guys are, you know, with their friends, they're going to be a little bit embarrassed you know about being seen with me or you know worried about what their friends are gonna think that's kind of how it was for me growing up I think it's different now so yeah like dating wasn't really difficult but I guess the other than the relationships that I've had when I did meet guys it was always very secretive yeah so it's like, not it was never you know, it's never exclusive like yeah like yeah. they would you know message me and promise me the world and then they'd end up meeting me in a hotel room you know yeah and, yeah exactly
0: like, but that
2: that, that, that still then, so it's like you felt like you was obliged to do (laughs) yeah that's I think that's the most difficult thing is feeling like a date a little secret you know growing up and I think a lot of people don't realize you know how different dating is for trans people because you know when you're when you're I guess distended you don't have to be so open about your past whereas when you're trans you've got to yeah meet the person but you've also got to explain if you've had surgery or not like you know you're having that and it's it's always like the the start of the conversation. It kind of is like a, a mood killer. It's um, a complete, complete
1: mood killer. You have to sort of like it's yeah. sort of like an interview. You have to sort of sell yourself first.
0: You have to explain yourself.
1: And then go through the sort the of whole rigmarole side of it, and then what's going to happen. So it is, it is painful in yeah. that scenario. But
0: even see the way you were saying there about like being out on nights out and having groups of people and like they'd be like wondering or worried about what their friends would think and stuff like that. That doesn't allow us to go out and freely date people because like you have a conversation with somebody in a nightclub when you exchange numbers you're not going to tell them there and then in a, in, in a nightclub or a pub that you're trans because god knows what would happen so you kind of do say it the next day so like it's it is quite hard to to, to develop a meaningful relationship with anybody
1: in the george mm-hmm. right i have a story now right so Paige works in the george right so it's a, it's a gay bar over here i don't know if you've heard of it or not it's it's brilliant. I absolutely love it, and I literally lived in there for a long time. Yeah. Obviously, COVID hit. Couldn't go anymore. But um, I met this guy there, right? And we were kissing, whatever. And he kept saying, "Come home with me." But I was out with my best mate, and I was like, "There's no way we've got me and my best mate had a hotel room together, whatever." I was like, "I'm not bringing anyone home. I don't do that anyway." And um, so anyways, yeah, we're kissing, whatever. He was like, "Come home with me." i look, I can't, and whatever. Obviously, I was pissed out my fucking head, anyways. Anyway, so the next day we ended up. I was, followed him on Instagram. He followed me on Instagram. So I sent him a message, and he went send me a dick pic, right? And I went. I don't have one. And then he was like, what? He thought it was joking, like, ha what? And I went, I'm trans, I don't I'm I'm pre op like no message back. Nothing. Really? So I can imagine if I did go home with him, what type of scenario would that like I don't know what was what would have happened in that case. Like, but it's like, never know. Really it I is, think yeah. It's good to
2: say it straight away so that you sort of eliminate the the what if scenario that, there. That yeah, because you, you don't want to be like, I mean you you sometimes you're like, oh god, like I don't want to constantly have to talk about being trans, but in certain situations, you have to. It's like with me, I mean, a lot of people don't really know because. When I was on the show, like, I I did have a job. You know, I worked one night a week in the nightclub and it literally got blurted out on episode three for, like, a split second. So, like, even then, like, no one really realised that I I did have a job. My main thing was that I needed to get a regular job, you know, where I wasn't just in the gay scene. I was, you know, out and about and actually making money, you know, not 35 quid a week. So, (laughs) because that's what I got paid for one night a week in a club. So when I was dating, you know, I was with my boyfriend at the time for three years and you know the reason why I never spoke about it is because he didn't want people to know you know he was quite embarrassed about it and yeah I'd met his parents but his parents didn't know that I'd not had surgery so when I spoke about it on the show like that was the first thing they asked him as to like why I'd not had it done and you know it's like you always feel like you're obligated to answer questions yeah. whether you know to boyfriends or family or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like dating is just so, so difficult. It's, I remember when I like did the show, it did become a lot easier because people recognized me instantly. So I didn't have to explain myself. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to like, you know, worry about what they thought of me without makeup because they yeah. just seen me wake up
0: like a mess. <laughs> but you're right. The whole dating aspect is quite difficult. And even from like personal experience there, I was seeing someone for a while and it started to get serious to the point where it was kind of like being introduced, you know, that kind of way. And that's when the whole thing broke down. But I went to a party there a couple of weeks ago and um, no, it was a couple of months ago. And I was chatting to this guy and everybody at the party knew I was trans. We were having a conversation about it and the whole lot, but he kind of pretended he wasn't listening and we were chatting away, flirting away, exchanging numbers. and then the next day we were planning on meeting up and the whole lot and I had told him and he pretended he didn't know just to kind of get out of that conversation but at the same time you don't have to have that conversation either like unless it's necessary I think
2: it's just to quickly add I think it's a lot harder for trans women today than trans men because I think especially like straight trans men because I do feel like women are a little bit more open in terms of whether the person's had surgery or not whereas men who find trans women attractive I find it quite difficult because most well the majority of men that I've been with have liked me because I'm trans because I'm pre-op Whereas if I'm post-op, in their eyes, they just think, well, what's the point of dating them? I might as well just date a cis woman. So I do think it's, like, quite different, like, experiences for trans women and trans men in dating. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I I find it really difficult as a gay trans man. It's just, it's weird. Like, I live in a town that has nothing going for it <laughs> like, there's, just there. there's nobody like me that I know of no I am just focusing myself anyways for the time being but it'd be nice to be able to just message someone from a dating app you know just and just not have to think that you're trans for a day or something you know it's just I do find it quite difficult in that sense like everything is just based on trans or if they know they find out you're trans it's like
0: but saying saying that is all right. right I understand that but at the same time for me personally I have come to the realization that I'm I'm always going to be trans yeah. so like even if I try and run away from that there's always going to come a point in my life where if I introduce somebody to my parents my mom gets the photographs there, like the baby pictures and here I am oh fuck like but it's always going to be oh, a they, topic of yeah. conversation yeah. you know
1: it's just more that's not all you are yeah 100% I think they don't get to know you as an individual they just yeah, you're a pre-op trans man mm. not going to do it for me so I'm like right I, I know people have their own preference that's perfectly fine but when it's everyone or they're like congratulations on being trans and you're like I'm on a dating app I don't want a congr- Congratulations, yeah. like, I want, like, yeah, you're hot or something.
0: <laughs> but even now, to, I'm going to go completely off topic because it yeah. just popped into my head there. Drew, I looked at your Instagram today and you are absolutely, not only are you absolutely stunning, but you are unreal at makeup. You're absolutely you fantastic. But the question I wanted to ask was getting into the makeup industry and becoming a makeup artist, was that more difficult because you were trans? So
2: actually, no, like, I feel like I kind of skipped the whole beauty school and went straight into the business. So I had the advantage because I did the show. So when I finished my transsexual summer, I was working at Grind's coffee shop. So that job that was on the show was completely real. I actually worked there. (laughs) (laughs) On stage, no. It was actually a real job. And then when the show had come out, so the show had finished, I think in November of two thousand eleven, and I got a message of a guy called Shane Bell, and he told me about a job at Ilamasca, and Ilamasca was opening a store in there in Leeds, and he was like, you know, I've spoke to the manager that's going to be there, and I've told them all about you, and so you know, I want you to apply. So I basically sent off like you know my CV to them and. Um, she called me and I told her that I had no experience in makeup, but I'd literally just been asked to apply. So I went to Manchester and um, had an interview. It was like the worst makeup I've ever done. Like I had to Aww. do like a purple and black smoky eye, black lip liner with like purple lipstick. And bear in mind, I'd never done makeup on anyone else other than myself and um, Sarah on the show. When I, you know, went there, they got to know me as my personality and they got to know me who as to who I was and that was it then they just hired me and they sent me to London I did um like a week's training course with them just to learn the basics and then that was kind of it I just started working in the makeup industry so I was very very lucky I didn't have to go to college or anything like that to get qualifications I just kind of snuck in (laughs) yeah 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 I've never in terms of the makeup world I've never ever had a problem and I think it's because the makeup world is quite open because you know you do you don't just have women that do makeup you also have a lot of guys that do makeup as well so yeah like it's just I've been very very lucky I'm sorry that is not like a <laughs> a dark conversation but yeah you know, that's really nice though it's nice to hear
1: that it is that there was no judgment or anything on on your half you know just just yeah. being yourself and going in and doing makeup and that's all it ever should be yeah so I'm, I'm glad that you haven't faced any sort of discrimination or hatred towards
0: but even like for myself when it came to makeup it's that I used to look at cis cis women that were my age but they got to learn like they got to play with makeup and stuff like that when they were like eight nine where I was learning at 16 so I felt like that cis women had an advantage which made me step up a little bit more with my makeup and try and kind of get myself to that level you know
2: like I feel like when I went into work for them. I thought that like my makeup was amazing. And then I looked back and I was like, oh my God, why did no one tell me that my eyebrows was like pencil thin? Why didn't <laughs> anybody tell me that it's you know, silver eyeshadow with black eyeshadow is not the look for a day look. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I remember funny know story. Eyes. Like yeah my man was like it. oh you need to um experiment a bit more because you always do a dark smoky eye. And I was like oh, okay. And she was like why don't you do colour? So I went in with like this blue smoky eye and this like nude lip and then she was like i'm so sorry and i was like what she's like our area managers coming in today, and they really want us to wear red lipstick. And I was like, "No!" I was like, "Blue eyeshadow and red lipstick. I'm gonna look like Coco the cloud right now." But, <laughs> yeah, like you're right. You know, like women, like cisgender women, have that advantage of being able to, you know, experiment with clothes and makeup and find their feet. Whereas when you're trans, it's like you, you kind of have to speed through it and find your look and stuff. So, yeah, I feel like I'm still trying to figure out who I am. <laughs>
0: yeah, same. But, like, even you now to go off topic again, with regards to my transsexual summer, would you ever like to do something like a reunion or would you ever like to go back to it and be like where you guys are now as opposed to where you guys were when, when the show aired, you know?
1: <laughs> we have not spoken about this either. I have not said anything that you told me. Oh, what? Yeah. So that's um, really weird that you've come out with that.
2: So last year, um, I took the initiative to contact the original production team to try and get a reunion show going. And we literally got so far ahead to the point where it was going to get, you know, commissioned. But unfortunately, things happen in TV and, you know, they decided that they didn't want to do it. So then we had a break, and also COVID was one of the main reasons as well. So we had a break and then we recontacted them. Fox kind of took over at this point, and um, they gave us some ideas as to what we could do, but it kind of didn't really work for the actual company. So we're in the process at the moment of trying to figure out how we can do it if we're gonna you know see if we can go back to channel four or if we take it somewhere else whether it's like Netflix or Amazon or whatever but there is gonna be like I I mean in fact I'm not gonna say that there is gonna be there possibly will be a show however we don't know if it's gonna be just a single reunion show where you just kind of see how we've changed over the 10 years you know because I was 22 then I'm 20 well I'm I'm not 20. (laughs) I'm
1: 22. I'm 22. Now, I wish I was 22. For the sake of this podcast,
2: you can be any age. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, it's like, obviously we want to do a catch up and then we also want to kind of do spin-offs as well. So like My Trans. Yeah. And also we've decided that we don't want to call it My Transsexual Summer. We want to call it My Trans Summer just to kind of be a little bit more up to date with the times. And obviously with Fox being, you know, non-binary now, it kind of, you know, works and we also want to do like things where, you know, we do spin off shows. So we do like my trans winter and, you know, my trans Christmas and, and whatever. And there's also like another idea that we have where we would like to help other people. So, you know, other trans people coming, coming into their own skin and helping them in, in some way, whether it's, you know, me helping, you know, the trans women with makeup and donna with hair and counseling and things like that so yeah there is going to be something that's
1: going to be so exciting though when that comes out like, yeah it's going like, to be amazing I, I know it's not 100% but it's it's yeah. out there and it's been said so in my head I'm like it's <laughs> happening
0: but it's also great that, that that you said there with helping trans women and stuff like that because it gives a platform there for trans women to come out and, and ask for help and look for help where it's needed and know that they can get help from from the likes of you guys you know
2: yeah well, I think like you know obviously we didn't have anyone growing up, so it'd be nice to have, you know, people to kind of mentor others, but we, we've we kind of, you know, spoke about how my transsexual summer's aged and, you know, yeah, it's, it's still amazing, but there's certain things, you know, that they could have explored and, um, you know, obviously if you look at the show like everyone was predominant like everyone was white you know so it it would be nice to have someone of a different race to kind of show their experiences because not everyone has you know a smooth journey you know sarah was a fine example of that her family were jehovah's witnesses so you know that was very tough for her so you know we would like to explore having other people on the show so you never know
1: (laughs) M-M-U. I'll stand
0: outside like
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this. That, that, that would actually yeah. be, be an amazing opportunity. It to
0: actually
2: order. really, yeah. really would. You kind of just have to look at the times and how you know things change and what's more apparent now and and the com- topic of conversation that's happening at the moment. You know, you just have to kind of go with it. And so we all think that having other people on the show as well as kind of updating us as to what we've been on would be really special. Yeah, um, actually, yeah. you know, it's good to kind to of see how we've aged and then I guess the younger generation and how they're experiencing, yeah. you know. Yeah, it generation. shows
0: the difference in experience like from from you guys as a group as opposed to a different group now and then show the differences yeah. in, in, in how the transition process is, you know. A diversity yeah. in the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, exactly. I think we have to move forward as well mm-hmm. as the whole world moving forward with with, uh, with the trans community and the LGBT community. I do think it's great to have, because I know that Fox is non-binary, and they were on a show. Was it? Was it this morning? They went on.
2: I, I think was it was it Good Morning Britain. I think.
0: Did they Fox do my show. My Generation? Yes. So yes. actually, no, no, I'm only after Copping there. Who Fox is? Yeah. Fox was running. Fox and their partner were running My Generation, which was like a Snapchat thing. And they asked me to be on it. And I done a day. I done a whole day of Stop. their Snapchat. I swear to God, I ran their whole Snapchat for a day and like talked about my own personal experiences and stuff. This is about that is amazing ago. I didn't know that I, uh, wow okay I'm now what's going on because <laughs> I think they've done that for the
1: trans community as well like they're as so they're, nice getting their voices out there and do you know what as well they don't do a personal attack they if somebody says something to them they're very just yeah. you know level headed and just talk to people about yeah. their own experiences being non-binary and things and it's it's nice to see that because I know that some people would go straight for the cutthroat mm-hmm you know, with if somebody asks some questions, things think if they didn't understand something, I do think some of the trans community can be very defensive too quickly. So I do think it's good yeah. nowadays is a bit more diversity and, and a lot of people would have known Fox Fisher anyway. So I think it's good that their voice is out there so that maybe people will actually listen yeah to a lot of yeah, things I've got th- to say.
2: I didn't I didn't know much about non binary and I remember we were filming We were filming on the show and and I remember, like, I was in the garden and there was a conversation happening in the kitchen with, like, Fox and the producers. And I remember Fox, like, screamed, you're not listening to me, and then ran out of the house and we sat on, like, the bank near the river. And I remember going up to them and I was like, are you okay? Like, you know, what's going on? And, you know, they just wanted, you know, just time to themselves. And I remember going in and the producers were like, you know, they're just really confused. But we didn't really know what was happening until, like, we you know had the conversation where you know they spoke about how they wanted to be seen as non-binary. I think it was gen; the term was genderqueer at the time, wasn't it? So yeah, I felt a bit bad at the fact that you know they felt that way and they couldn't talk to us openly about it. And um, you know, because I just was like, where's this whole non-binary thing come from like you know how come all of a sudden that's how you you feel but obviously you know they've always felt that way you know in terms of like not feeling like one or the other but it wasn't until I started doing you know, like vol- volunteering where I actually met people that identified as non-binary and it really opened my eyes and i I felt really like as a trans person, even I wasn't educated on it and I didn't understand it. And, you know, I think as people, we can always educate ourselves on topics. So, yeah, I think it's amazing that Fox has, you know, stuck to the guns and just kind of been like, this is who I am and deal with it.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I think it's good then for, like you said as well, if you were uneducated about it also, even though you're in the trans community, I felt that way as well. Like when non-binary that, that term came out, I, I didn't really understand. But then again, I don't really have to understand understand because i'm not
2: i just have to be respectful we want ex- respect from other people so it's like if we want you know to have the respect of people using our preferred pronouns and you know gender then you know people who are non-binary should have that same you know kind of respect you give kind of thing yeah. yeah yeah and it doesn't take it doesn't you know it, it it doesn't take a genius to you know change the pronouns to them and they like yeah it yeah. can be a bit of twister, but the. The more you say it, you know, you do get used to it. And we we use it in our everyday language all the time. You know, if I, um, you know, talk about someone like, oh, them over there, you know, it's kind exactly. of like...
0: What advice would you give to somebody that is listening to this podcast and would feel like they wanted to begin their transition socially, medically, in any way, shape or form? Would you would you, would you have any advice to give them?
2: I, I guess the advice that I would have is to be true to who you are and to, you know, have your voice heard. I feel like sometimes we can kind of back ourselves in a corner with other people's opinions and actually you know our life is our life you know we're the ones living it and you know you only get one chance so you make the most of it um do your research you know because it's not smooth sailing you know get advice off you know people around you if your family aren't very open-minded kind of ask them open-ended questions you know maybe i mean i i gave one example to someone who said that their family was quite homophobic and they were really scared about coming out and so i said well why do not you say like your friend is thinking about you know transitioning and, and kind of get their input and see what they think about it because then you know if they're quite open it might give you that push that you need life. to yeah. kind of, yeah to, feel, yeah, to feel okay about it, yeah. And always, yeah, like, you know, uh, it it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's it's okay to say, you know, you can do your research by looking at videos and, you know, reading books or whatnot. But I guess you just have to assess the situation. You know, if you're in a situation where it's not safe, then it might not be the best time to come out. You know, for me, I always had it in my head that I was going to come out at the age of 18 when I left school. Um, because then I could you Know, have freedom of growing my hair, and you know, I, I guess being a bit more independent, but that kind of didn't happen, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, but saying it that, wasn't all
2: rainbows and clouds, yeah. <laughs> saying totally that,
0: every, every like no one's transition is ever going to be the same, and I think we all had our own personal way of transitioning, it is a journey at the end of the day. So, I think a lot of the times you do find your own fee by kind of just. Yeah going on your own journey yourself as well. It's nice to have a helping hand along the way, but a lot of things in your transition is up to you figuring it out yourself, I think. Exactly.
1: I think we all want validation and we all need respect. Even if some people do not understand in the slightest, it is it is. do your research, isn't yeah. it? Go go and look YouTube videos, go on to social media. Surely there's somebody that you can listen to and, and get a bit of knowledge. Because mm-hmm. some people, when they come out first, especially with my experience, i did not have the answers for people's questions i had no clue even myself how i felt Mm -hmm. so i didn't really understand how to portray that back to people to make them understand so i would even say for for trans people themselves like therapy it was my best friend i don't know how anybody else feels about when they had to get therapy but it was so weird going to somebody that actually knew what they were talking about rather than going to my local gp let's say and having them not have a notion what I'm on about, which is is hard thing to hear when you think they're with a professional. So I do think gender therapy is absolutely fantastic.
0: But see,
2: gender therapy was
0: available to you quite quickly, was it? Not it wasn't quickly. to me. Was was it uh, was it available to you, Drew?
2: No, so I had to wait like three years to even get seen by anyone at the, you know, gender clinic. I had, to, when I came out, uh, because I, it's a good job. I'm quite open, isn't it? So, yeah, when I came out, like I was like, the reason why I came out was because I kind of was forced to, because at that point in my life, I was self harming. And, you know, I had a bit of an eating disorder where that was kind of like my control mechanism. And so, you know, my mom kind of took the first steps to go to the doctor and explain how I felt. And I didn't know at the time that when I, went to Northern Ireland to see my dad. My mum had found my diary and she had read it. And it said that, you know, I wanted to transition and things like that. So she then went to the doctor and told him like, you know, that I was self-harming and things like that. And they said, if I hadn't, if I don't see them, then, you know, they'll have to take further action and maybe section me and things like that. So I coming out to my mom and when I came out, like, it was like a whole weight of lifted off my shoulders. And, you know, I kind of just took it at my own pace. Like, even though I come out, I didn't the next day go out and get clothes. And, you know, all of a sudden I was a woman, you know, it took a long time for me to kind of, you know, adjust to the situation, same with my parents. But when I finally went to the GP and told them you know that I wanted to transition I had to wait about three and a half years before I'd even got seen by anybody so in that period I had no access to mental health or you know therapy or anything like that so I kind of just did it myself (laughs) so yeah I think now it's obviously different I mean I know the waiting lists are extremely long now but you know I think because there is a lot more out there on social media it is a lot easier to, to find your feet. Whereas back then we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have anything like that. You know, we didn't, re- there wasn't really many trans YouTubers at the time. So, so yeah, it took a long time for me to actually get seen by someone.
1: <laughs> yeah. When I, I suppose when I started the therapy appointments, like it was all about sort of your clothes and how you presented yourself. Whereas now, now that I've transitioned, over well, i three years now, it's, it, it's weird that the whole thing, was based upon how I Pre, yeah and presented. It was yeah, it, it's perception. Pretty. So it it was just a bit. I don't know yeah, it is, isn't mm. it? It's like I don't have to be these lads. Lads and now go play rugby or go and play soccer or whatever and wear tracksy bottoms. And
0: how long did that take you into your transition to realise that? Oh God! Because like well, it, well, I'm it, out, it, it took I'm out,
1: what five five six years this year, but I'm only on testosterone uh, three and a half years. But it's it's only within the last possibly year and a half that i realized i do not have to be very masculine i do not have to dress like i wear leggings and baggy tops most of the time because they're comfortable but that's something i would never have dared put leggings on at the start start of my transition there was not a hope i'd ever do that because i didn't want to be seen as well especially if you're getting misgendered all the time your family is still dead naming you because they're obviously getting used to it and things like that so i was not gonna sort of put it more out
0: there than what it was that's what Drew, you yeah. You you said there at the start about like your perception of like hyper femininity at the start, like the platinum blonde hair and like makeup and stuff like that. I think a lot of like every, every trans person I've ever spoken to has kind of gone through that same thing where I think only in the last two years I've realized that I don't have to be like so, like societal perception of feminine. Like you are as feminine as you feel or masculine exactly. as you feel or whatever you feel is what you are. Like you don't have to
2: try, you know? Exactly. I think because when we transition, like we have in our heads like a goal that we want. And I, I think you want to kind of escape everything that, you know, associates you to being masculine or feminine. So for me, like, you know, I would never wear anything other than like pink, for example, because, you know, I wanted to escape from being seen as a boy. So I would never wear jeans or or hoodies or anything like that. Whereas now that I'm older, you know, I've kind of, I'm so comfortable in my own skin that to me wearing a hoodie doesn't define doesn't mean you know that I'm wearing masculine clothes you know male clothes it just means I'm wearing a hoodie but before that you know it, it would feel like oh I'm dressing like a boy again and I find it so crazy how like we gender clothes like how can clothes have gender? I just I'm so baffled by that and um, but I think going back to sorry like I know I cut people off but going back to like you know the advice to people. I think take it at your own pace and do things that make you feel comfortable. So, if you don't have the access to, you know, being able to go out and and find, you know, feminine clothes or whatever, and um, because of like certain situations that you're in, even if like you know wearing like clear nail polish, you know, if that makes you feel more feminine, do things at your own pace. Don't do things that you feel like society is telling
1: you to do exactly exactly
2: that's a great point as well because a a lot of people kind of get
1: you know sucked into this whole beauty standards of what you're supposed to look like and what you're supposed to i don't know what you're supposed to be and stuff and it's just it is sad that some people will probably never reach their their full transition goals let's say but it's because of you know looking at people that have you know surgeries and things like that and some people it's not open to some people and it's it's a shame that they will never feel like sort of valid and comfortable in their own skin.
2: I, I feel really, I don't know, it just, it just saddens me that way. As a society, we have kind of put passing privilege as number one, and it's like we put people in the trans community who are super passable on like a pedestal and look up to them. Whereas anyone that might not be considered passable, you know, or like socially acceptable, I guess, in, you know, as to whether or not they look masculine or feminine we kind of see them as a bit of a joke and there's a documentary on on Netflix that was really um fascinating to me it was called Disclosure and it basically looked at kind of like trans people and how they've been portrayed in the media and I do feel like it has had an impact on how society views us because you know we we would see like men dressing up as women as quite comical and so if you kind of fall into that I guess stereotypical category you know you are seen as a, a joke whereas if you are passable and you can kind of like get through life a lot easier you know you are kind of put on a pedestal and I remember when I was doing I was, I used to write for a magazine like years ago and I would write about my experiences and my life and things like that. And I got to a point where I was like, I want to be able to give other people the opportunity to be able to have a voice because, you know, they might not necessarily have that platform because they don't define, you know, the typical stereotype of what a trans person should look like and so you know I wanted to kind of be a little bit more open and give them you know the shining spotlight and and have their picture on the front cover you know because generally you know unless you look a certain way you know it is harder yeah yeah um, it's the sad reality it is
1: the sad reality it it is sad because I used to be so annoyed at the fact that people are still misgendering me, still oh. Even though I was like six months on testosterone, I mean, nothing's really going to happen in <laughs> yeah. six months. But at the time, it's like, you're so frustrated with your own transition. that You don't I, need it from... That, yeah, when you hear somebody, you might feel... I, like, I remember walking outside and I felt really masculine, like, st- stupidly masculine with probably one little fucking chin hair and shit, right? <laughs> but I was walking down the street, but like, again, in the shop, you'd be called she, you know? And I just was like... Really? Yeah. It just, it feels so frustrating. I didn't get to appreciate... The little things that matter the most Yeah Now when I look back So now if I'm saying something to, You know to people transitioning now It's like appreciate Every tiny little thing That is changing within your body Because you won't get that again
0: But they're like little milestones as well They really are And I, I think that's what keeps you going During your transition yeah. Small little things Like I remember the first birthday card I got The first female birthday card I got I was absolutely chuffed at my life Or like the first time I bought like Or got as a Christmas present Like a bath and shower set That was soap and glory You know for instance And it's yeah. like It's those little milestones sounds that's kind of like oh my god this is it, me, it transitioning. Linksa. a transitioning yeah. a that <laughs> yeah links <laughs> Africa but yeah it's the small things in your transition I think that should be cherished Drew thank you so much for
1: taking the time to do this today we really appreciate uh, it I hope I haven't come mm-hmm. off as weird because the other day I was very very
0: strange <laughs> <laughs> you, I was must like you must be must
1: in in
0: <laughs> really <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely stunning and thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the vibe podcast
0: I would just like to put in there if anybody ever has any suggestions for future episodes or any topics that they would like us to cover you can follow us on instagram on the transvi podcast and we would be happy to take your suggestions on board so let's see you guys next week for another episode bye bye